Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, men and intimacy aren't two words that are often used together in the same sentence, except maybe in frustration by many women. Men and sex, yes, but intimacy, not so much. The truth is that men are emotional beings, and they really do desire intimacy. Yes, ladies, they really do. And unfortunately for all of us, but especially for men, it's been socialized out of them. The desire for intimacy is still there, but it gets diverted into the focus on sex or unhealthy and unproductive behaviors that, at their worst, result in toxic masculinity. The good news? There's a way to change this. And to help describe how, I'm joined today by child and family therapist and founder of Unbreakable Bond, Randall Turner. Randy, thanks so much for being on the show and talking about what you and I know is a really, really, really important and timely topic. Absolutely, Leslie. Thank you for having me on today. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Well, I am too because I had the honor to meet and get to know you at this year's National Association of Relationship and Marriage Educators Conference. Yes, people, we actually do meet and talk about this stuff. (laughs) One of the biggest things that struck me in your presentation was the idea that boys have intimate relationships. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, and, and what was interesting, Leslie, is that you and I were the only two guys, only two presenters talking about men and healthy relationships and healthy intimacy, yeah. um, which I thought was pretty unique. Um, but, but as I shared with you, research has shown that boys are born with innate ability to have intimate relationships. From infancy to to early childhood to toddlerhood, they express and feel and uh, all the same emotions at the same levels and sometimes more intense than the girls do. However, as they begin to, quote, become more of a boy, as it were, and this, this can happen, I mean, this can happen not long after they start walking, this kind of resocialization where he falls down and, uh, you know, his dad will say, you're not hurt, you're okay, get up. But if mm-hmm. his little daughter fell down, oh, come here, let me kiss it. I mean, there's, uh-huh. a, very, there's a very different um, approach to boys, and it starts very early. And so our society, we literally cr- have created a culture that socializes intimacy out of boys as, it, as if it's not masculine. Well, and it's really interesting that you say that because at this conference, I was talking to a woman who went to both of our presentations, and she was talking, and her son, I think, is, is maybe a year old, maybe 18 months old, and, what, and she told me that her mother was on her about picking up and hugging and loving on this, on this little boy. And, you know, by, and her mother was telling her, oh, that's, we don't do that with boys. You're going to, you know, 
He doesn't eat yeah. that. You're spoiling him. And I, I'm standing there like, oh, my, I mean, my God, this is a baby, for crying <laughs> out loud. See, that's the, that's the sad truth, okay? We have what I call an intimacy ignorance in our society, and we pass that on generation to generation. Not only is it, you know, the way we enculturate our boys, but it's become so much a part of it that, that it's also women and mothers have, well, I need to make sure he's strong and, and he, nobody bullies him and that kind of thing, but they don't know that you can do both. You can, you can help him, but that's the biggest point when we talk about this, and you've seen this in your, in your work, that there is a real intimacy ignorance about helping men and boys and, quite frankly, women understand that this is how they were innately made. They can, that can be restored, but they need help learning how. Right, and I mean, and my argument is, has, has always been, and I'm not sure women are really great at this either. We may be, a, we may be slightly ahead, but as this mother-daughter conversation that I had is that, you know, women are like, you know, we want men to be intimate, or so we say, but then, but then we we do these these things by you know making intimacy a big issue or. With our with our young kids, and I mean, I've always told people that you know you cannot spoil your children with love. You can spoil them with all other kinds of things, but you can't spoil them with love. But if we turn away from our from our young boys, it is what they're being taught. They're being taught this isn't okay. And you know, but in, in your conversation, you were talking about the way that younger boys. Um, interact with each other and, you know, and it's before all, you know, before they get into the higher grades or whatever where that behavior is considered sissy or considered, um, you know, homosexual or whatever with these, with these guys, you know, with these boys who are really, really close. Yeah. I mean, the, the, when we look at, when you watch little boys, they hang on each other, they, they share the same food, the same straw, they'll share the same bed, they'll share the same clothes if their moms let them. But the <laughs> thing is, is they don't see this as being wrong because it's not. Right. They, they just innately develop a friendship and a love for this other friend, okay, and, and they're just being what boys are. It's, but, they're, but then when someone sees it, who has a belief boys need to be stronger, they begin to really quite say, no, nah, you, you shouldn't do that, okay? That doesn't look right, or, you know, that's not the way boys act, you know, grow up. Um, right. you, hear that, you hear that all the time. And, uh, and, and it's, it's not just here and there. I mean, it's just a constant undercurrent. In, in not just within our, our culture, within our families from generation to generation, <coughs> excuse me, it's also been a culture within our media that's continued to reinforce these kind of issues and things with kids. Um, and young boys, little boys, start looking up to bigger boys. Okay? Exactly. And, you know, I, I had to learn that there was going to come a time when my children 
were going to be more influenced by their peers than they were me. Mm-hmm. And that was just an accepted norm. Unfortunately, little boys are looking up to those young men and those men that are heroes, and they're, they're living examples of, you know, yeah, big boys don't cry. Matter of fact, big boys don't show their feelings and uh, a whole lot of other things. Right, and, and part of it is, and, and then I do think it ends up with confusion because it's not that they don't have these feelings, but then they're actually, in, you know, they learn that having those feelings isn't good, so they bury them, they're still there, and then they come out, like I was saying before, in potentially inappropriate ways, um, and, and they don't understand what to do, and then they're constantly feeling like they're failing because, you know, their partners are asking them for things that they are so very, I mean, I can't even tell you how many men I have worked with who have flat out told me they don't have emotions. And I'm going, I understand that's what you think, but that actually isn't true. But they're so buried and, they're, and it's so uncomfortable and in their minds it's so wrong that yeah. it's like, okay, we just don't have them. And, and we're cutting off you know, it, and then we can't have these relationships that we say we want. And one of the things that you talked about at this conference was something called valiantly intimate masculinity, yes. <laughs> which, I, which I love. So what is this and what makes it important? Well, I was, after reading and doing research on all the things and stuff working with men, um, I came across this <clears throat> illustration where a student was sitting and talking about uh, in a class and, and things, and the teacher was, just, was discussing the uh, relationship between Jonathan and David in the Bible, okay? okay? And the teacher struggled, this is a female teacher, struggled to be able to give it any kind of words, um, and so she basically alluded that it was probably more of a homosexual type of relationship. And the author was saying, no, it's a natural relationship. These are what it means to be a valiant man. And it just mm-hmm. struck me that we as a culture, we have words like bromance, okay? Correct. And, and, and that's not a very masculine word. I'm going to tell you, a lot of guys <laughs> hate that word. Okay. Yes. And I and I doubt if it it was I doubt if a man came up with that word, but you know, but uh-huh. in there I talk about you know, um, bromance talks about a close non-sexual friendship between men, but the Urban Dictionary describes it as a complicated and love and affection shared by two straight males. Mm-hmm. And so our society about healthy intimacy for men is so broken we don't even have a language to begin to, you know, to encourage and inspire men to, to, to live up to. And so I came up with the phrase valiantly intimate masculinity, masculinity and really talked about that, that it's men who courageously develop and exhibit an unwavering friendship grounded by a deeply devoted and non-sexual affection with other men because we just don't have the words and we don't have the de- definition. So I'm trying to actually give language to the masculine culture in an effort because it doesn't exist. And 
and these and these relationships do exist and you know and and a lot of times i think it takes a a certain amount of confidence in yourself to be able to say to the world this person matters to me and right. it's not i mean and unfortunately a lot of men are only allowed to access that part of themselves through through the women in their lives which one puts a whole lot of pressure on the women in their lives and two really isolates men because you know they I mean, I think that everybody has some, some challenges in their relationships. I don't know anybody who gets relationships right 100% of the time. This coming from an expert who's married, it's like, I don't get it right all the time. <laughs> but, but, for, but for men not to be able to go to another man and say, you know, look, this is, you know, this is what's happening in my life. What's happening in yours? But there's this, like, and, and I can only look at this from the outside because I'm not a man. But this, this disconnect, you know, this, that they're losing that male perspective if it's all just coming through the women in their lives where they've been told this is where it's safe to talk about these things is, you know, with, is with your wife or maybe a sister or something. But, but we don't talk about these, quote, intimacy with, with our guy pals. We'll talk about the game or we'll talk about the, you know, fishing or we'll talk about this, but we're not going to talk about these things that really matter. Because, as, as you've said, intimacy has been construed to always mean or lead to sexual relationship or sexual contact or sexual intercourse. Right. And, and so, consequently, you start that discussion with most men and their mind automatically moves in that direction because that's their understanding and experience of intimacy, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things is stuff that it's, it's hard for women to understand that his, his, intimate, his intimacy knowledge and understanding is, is very broken, but he's really based his understanding what intimacy is as as a part of that sexual intercourse that he's had where he's felt this deep connection with her physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually at that time of intimacy. And that's what he loves and that's what he longs for, but he feels like that's the only way he can get it. Right. Because he he doesn't know how to feel that close, get that close to her outside of the bedroom. Right, which, which then, of course, that sets up a whole other dynamic, which we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah. this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm having a timely and critically important discussion about men and intimacy with the founder of Unbreakable Bond and fellow therapist Randall Turner. And the truth is that most men are good guys who truly love their partners and their children. But yep. as we're talking about, they often struggle with how to step into those feelings in a protect, productive and supported way and to do it in a way that honors their healthy masculinity. And if that sounds like you, there's a solution. I invite you to contact me and find out if the Hero Husband Project is right for you. You can send me an email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com, that's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, 
coaching, and is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com. Or you can give me a phone call at area code 919-924-0463. Again, 919-924-0463. And I want to get back to talking about what intimacy is because most of the time when people hear the word intimacy, they automatically go to sex, (laughs) which is one form of it, but not really. So, um, Randy, you you had... Um, in this talk, you talk about the components of healthy intimacy, and we, you just mentioned them quickly um, that you identify. So what are they, and, and how do these all work together? Well, in trying to give, and this is, this is um, born out of years and years and years of, of working with men, that they need to have a concrete definition of what intimacy is Mm-hmm. So they really begin to know, to understand what intimacy does. And so we really worked um, to bring it down to that intimacy is made up of these five, five virtues, closeness, privacy, affection, acceptance, and openness. Okay. And we brought those to people to say, this is what intimacy is, okay, and how does that, you know, line up with uh, what you have understood intimacy to be. And for most people, it's like, um, okay, I kind of get the uh, closeness and affection, but um, not really sure. And openness, when you say the word openness, transparency, guys freak out. Um, Because (laughs) it's like, no, I, I don't want to be transparent. I don't know how to be transparent. So we begin to help men to have the language and then understanding. Closeness means allowing someone to have really total access to your heart, not holding back. Privacy, really protecting and sharing between the only two of you, which builds trust. Affection, which means you're giving and free, uh, giving and taking, uh, receiving freely without conditions. Acceptance, really loving them who they are, not who you want them to be. And openness, learning to be transparent and vulnerable. Now, now those okay, are all... just by talking about that, I'm scared to death. <laughs> now, now they're all... So, and here's, what, here's, where we, here's where most people stop, except for you and I, Leslie. Mm-hmm. We say, that's what intimacy is, now go do it. Yeah, exactly. And they go, okay. But with men... Because it's been broken or stole, I call stolen intimacy, intimacy has been stolen from them as a culture, we now have to begin taking the next step and say, now let me show you how to do this and okay. what this looks like. So when we, we, we get them to understand what is, the, the, what is intimacy, what, you know, what makes up intimacy, how do you begin to express it? So we talk about expressing intimacy in five different pillars. You express it emotionally, intellectually, socially, physically, non-sexual, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And we walk through, walk with the men to understand how do you express closeness in an emotional way, in an intellectual way, in a social way, a spiritual way, and a non-sexual physical way. So when we break this down, we literally give the men 25 whole new 
avenues by which they can actually wrap their mind and their heart around to begin to developing and nurturing the skills that they need to express intimacy in a way that many times they've never understood. But as you do this, you just see that, that light bulb go on, the, the, the aha moment that these guys begin to understand, oh, I can do this. Uh-huh. Um, but I have to tell you, Leslie, this was funny. <laughs> One of the guys in the group, we were talking about the openness and, you know, being transparent and vulnerable. And, and he was saying, if I went home tonight and became totally transparent and vulnerable to my wife, not holding anything back, we'd be divorced in a week. And I, I said to him, I said, you're, first of all, let me say this. You're not ready to be open and transparent and, you know, and that kind of uh, not holding anything back. You're not ready for that, but she's not ready for it either. It's something that you learn, and then you learn to work together to grow it. It's not something like you flip a switch and go home and you're a miracle man. <laughs> it's, it's a part of a process that we're taking you through to grow, you know, to have the conversation together, to talk about it, to look at the different ways that you currently are beginning and looking at how you are expressing it. But more importantly, how can you take it to that next level? How can you begin really to make it in a daily relational, um, just the, the way your life and, and, your, and your, your intimacy works? And the word intimacy no longer means let's have sex. Exactly. It means let's, go, let's get closer. And you know, this is one of the dynamics, and it's part of the reason why uh, you know, I've gotten so frustrated in my own work be- with the way that many men are dismissed um, in terms of what this man said, that if he actually went home and did these things, that his wife would freak out. Which, you know, I mean, this is one of those things where I think the, I, I think the um, statement, be careful what you wish for, is true because, this is, you know, because women are really saying, you know, I want, I want my guy to be open and transparent and all these things until he actually does it. <laughs> and then it's like, ah! And because, because then it requires women to be intimate in a different way. Yes. And, yes. you know, and I, and I think that, you know, and, and again, I don't know if you're familiar with, with Terry Reel and his, you know, relational life. Oh, yes, I am. But, but this is part of what he's all about, too, is helping, is helping people, couples become more relational. And it's not, you know, and, and he actually says, okay, we've got the guys opening up. Now, ladies, you've got to let it happen. Which right. Is, you know, and... This is where I think that it's not just men who have been, who have broken intimacy. I think they're more broken. I think they're more disconnected than women are. But we do experience these things differently. I mean, I'm the parent of, of, of a son and a daughter. And I'm going to tell you that biologically they are different. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... The idea that there's one that there's that, that the female way of doing it is the correct way is like eh, we've, we've got to figure out how to get this into a balance and part of it is you know, and I think the first step is what you and I are working on is to invite men into the process to start with 
because they don't, you know, and, and they really are ignorant in the true meaning of the word because they haven't been taught how to do this. And so you're talking about this being a process, and I love the 25 you know, options because there right. are going to be some that, men, you know, that an individual man is going to be better at. And I would say those 25 need to apply to women as well. That, you know, and then that gives us the language, and I love the fact that you're talking about the language because if we don't have the words for it, then how do we... How, how do we get that across? And the idea that we had that you had to create this language, which I love, is here's a way to do it, and and here's a way that it's and it's going to look different between any two people because yeah. of what feels more natural, what's an easier thing to do. You, I mean, I mean, I love people who, I mean, I once had a client who came in and. And she comes in, she goes, I had an epiphany. And I said, what was it? And she goes, relationships aren't natural. And I burst out laughing because it's like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, they're, so, they're so complicated, they're so nuanced, they're so layered that we don't think there's anything to know, which is why it's like, yes, we do have this annual conference. There are people who actually study relationships. And, you know, we know what it is, but because – Falling in love, quote unquote, is natural and easy. It's like okay, then after we're out of that hormonally charged period of time, then what? And this is when you know the whole comment of intimacy comes in. Um, so, I, so now I'm going to ask you like the sixty-four million dollar question. You know, like asking for an explanation of how the universe works in three sentences or less is how do we turn this around? How do we get people to know about this, and how do we make it more acceptable for men to claim this natural intimacy that, that all human beings are born with? Well, I think that, you know, we, we talk about human beings don't change until they hurt enough they have to, they've learned enough that they want to, and they've grown enough that they're able to. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a host of families and men and stuff hurting. I mean, they, that, oh, yeah. that, that we've got down. But there's a, there's a learning, and the learning is literally, um, it's not just, and Leslie, you, you know this very well, it's not just that we're educating the men and their wives and their families. We're educating the educators because, quite frankly, the things and stuff that you and I are doing Many are not. They are, they are brushing across these topics as if men already understand it. Yes. But they don't. Okay? But the men don't have, because they don't understand it, they're not asking any deeper questions because they're kind of coming away saying, well, maybe there aren't any deeper questions. And they don't feel free to show their vulnerability because I don't want her to know that I don't know what I'm doing, even though she already exactly. knows it. <laughs> um, and 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 no one it's, it's, there needs to be a safe environment, a safe facilitator, a safe coach, or whoever, and things that begins to say, "I've been there too. I know what this is like." And so there's there's a real need to educate men and boys and educators to say there's this huge, vast well of 
learning to grow healthy intimacy that we can guide and teach men, let's begin doing this. Yeah, and so part of this, you know, because, because and, and this goes back, and I know that Brene Brown is, you know, in her vulnerability things, and, you know, I, I said for a long time before I even knew Brene Brown existed that vulnerability is not weakness. You cannot be you cannot be vulnerable if you are weak. It's just not possible. Right. And but it's about breaking through. I don't know if we want to call them stereotypes. I don't know whether we just want to call them enculturation. There are things that you know these feelings are real, and being able to give healthy voice to them, not. Yeah send them down these unproductive pathways where the only way I know how to relate to my partner is sexually. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with couples where the women will shut down you know, any kind of affection because, oh, yeah. it all, it because always, in their mind, it's, it's always sexual touch. There's no non-sexual touch. So it's like, okay, I'm going to shut it down because I don't, I don't want to have sex. But right. that's the way that men can access their, their feelings of intimacy. So it's like, it's like going, ah, this is a disaster waiting to happen, or it's already happening. And, but ha- and, and women are frustrated because guys don't get it. But guys are doing, are doing the only thing they know how to do. And, you know, and it's, it's pulling Challenging. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, I, I, had a, I had a client the other day coming in, and he's, you know, I've been working with him, and he's really learning and, and beginning to apply this, but his wife had a complaint with him. Mm-hmm. She says, aren't I attractive to you? And he goes, yeah, you're so beautiful. He says, but she said, you don't come after me for sex like you used to. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and he goes, like, Aren't you, and again, aren't you attracted to me? So her whole paradigm was just turned around. It's like, wait a minute, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm used to. And, and so, again, we, we bring these unhealthy things into our family. We create a family culture that has these expectations that aren't healthy expectations. And when, we're go- when they're gone, when they're not there, we're kind of like, is this okay? Uh, and... For her, it was like, you know, her worry was, is there someone else, again, uh-huh. again, right. or are you doing something else, pornography or something like this? And he was like, no, I'm just, you know, and he, and he talks about ways that, that they've been working on this. And so I said, we need to bring her in and, mm-hmm. and, and engage her in this conversation because, again, this was an experience, and she had already been married one, and divorced once before, this was her experience that there was an expectation that there was going to be this sexual, you know, advances and stuff, and when it goes away, then something's wrong. Right. Um, and, and, and so that's part of the education we have to have is like, well, when you, when you are learning how to give and receive healthy intimacy in an abundant amount of ways, then you don't have that, like you said, that pulling away because you know that intimacy does not have to lead to sex. Right. Um, and that, when that becomes like the, 
the new norm, couples can thrive. Well, exactly, and that's really what this whole process is about, is to help couples thrive, which means families will thrive, which means we are going to have a healthier society, and it's really okay, <laughs> uh, because you know, the, right now we're, we're so disconnected, we're so, you, you know, many of us are isolated, um, men especially, they don't know what to do with this, and and it's literally killing men, and yeah. which I find unacceptable. Um, <laughs> and you know, and and we have to be willing to invite them. So but we could talk about this for much longer, and <laughs> we're probably going to be talking about this again because I I, I think it we, we need to get more than just a few of us out there working with men uh, because it's. They're an important part. I mean, they're half of our population, and they're an important part of it, and we need to reawaken this in them so that they can have the lives that they want to have. So can you tell people where they can find out more about, um, you know, valiant, you know, intimate masculinity and and, and the unbroken bond and everything else that you do? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking. Um, Unbreakable Bond is uh, a organization that I started a few years ago because that was really the goal, was to help men and women to develop an unbreakable bond, forging intimate relationships that last, and, and, and trying to use this in a language that was both appealing to men and women. Mm-hmm. And we created a program within there called Rescuing the Rogue, and I use the term rogue because, because when you think of rogue like a rogue wave or a rogue elephant, it's all of this power out of control. And that's the way men have wielded intimacy. It's, mm-hmm. it's always been sexual. It's always been, you know, part of an unhealthy masculine culture. But they've wielded it very horribly, Okay. <laughs> But when you really understand the depths of what true intimacy is, it is tremendously powerful, but they need to be rescued from their old ways to new ways of understanding and expressing intimacy. And so we created Rescuing the Rogue, which is a program that's designed to be used in a 10-week small group. It can be used in, um, break it out into workshop formats. We're going to actually, um, I don't know, Part of my contact at our conference, we're actually going to be working with one of the military bases to break it out into four 90-minute workshops for their men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, it can also be done as a retreat. Um, this last year I did a, a men's retreat using Rogue as the primary materials and stuff. And it also can be used as a coaching manual. So if you're working with someone one-on-one, you've given them not only the, the coaching, but you've given them assignments to begin processing. And let's say you know this. Men are ponderers, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. When, when you give them a bunch of new information, first of all, their brain swells because they're not <laughs> used to that. But they really need to take that new information and process it and ruminate on it before they really jump in and start, you know, talking Acting about it, it. Mm-hmm. intellectually and working on it. And so Rogue has, um, uh, it has assignments that men are to do during the week. It actually has lots of assignments. 
And um, because it, it's, it's part of the processing that men need to do to dig deep and understand how it goes. And so we created Rescuing the Rogue, uh, we affectionately call it Rogue, um, and been using that in, uh, I've been using it in a clinical setting with groups, I've been using it in church settings, um, and, and other organizations and stuff that are faith-based and non-faith-based. But the biggest thing is there's this light bulb coming on and the, both the, the professionals and the people are saying, why, why haven't I heard this? Right. You know? I have one of my colleagues who's a 35-year editor of a, of a major newspaper just retired, and he went through Rogue, and he said, I wish I would have known this 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah. This is that kind of revelation that men are beginning to understand. And just like your project, The Hero Husband, you take from a, a strengths-based approach that's mm -hmm. very affirming, that's very um, educational, but it's also very equipping. You're working through helping men to understand because nobody's taught them this. It wasn't taught. It wasn't modeled for them. Matter of fact, what was taught and what was modeled for them was just another same old, same old um, way of doing things. And so right. that's really what, where Rogue is and where things like you know, your, your hero husband is. We're doing a lot of education, but we're, we're aspiring them. And I love what you did, hero husband. We're aspiring them like a valiant man to live to a higher standard, but we're going to show you how to get there. Yeah. So can you give the website address? Yeah, we're unbreakablebond.org. Um, and it's all words together, Unbreakable Bond. And you can reach me if you want it, is R. Turner at unbreakablebond.org, and I can get you more information. By the way, we're in the process right now of um, this morning I was working on the, the new cover. We just did a major update uh, edit of Rogue, um, and uh, it's actually about to go to the printer on the 26th of this month <laughs> to, to be ready for the, the, the September launch. So. Uh, well, you're terrific. going to see things changing on the website, and Leslie, you're going to get some copies of it. But yes. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tremendous, it, and I'm just so blessed at how much it's grown and improved. Uh, we've been testing this for three years now, yeah. and, and we it's to, really doing well. Well, and that's great. I can't wait to get it because we really need this because we are – Human beings are relational beings, and when only half of the population is allowed to step into that natural state, we all lose. Intimacy, yep. which means into me see, is our birthright. It's how we not just survive but thrive. So the question that I have for all the men listening, and either wise, if I recommend that you have them listen to this program, it's like, are you willing to step up and claim it in your life? So hopefully you will. Hopefully you'll keep listening to the show and the wonderful guests like Randy. And until next week, stay loving.